Welcome to the 38th episode of the Invincibly Supermassive comic book podcast of stuff. I'm Tony Guerrero, editor-in-chief of ComicVine.com. And with me, we have a man who's been verbally abusing me before we start recording. We have Mr. Joshua Hill Hillkov. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. Stupid. How you doing, stupid? <laughs> like that? Yeah, I kept it going. Uh-huh. I wasn't but, verbally abusing him. We were having a very, very professional conversation. Yeah, using yeah. throwing I profanities. Am I like? Have I now been on within the same factor of five? Like within five episodes? You mean within within five episodes? Like what was what episode was I on last time? Um, Last time you were on was episode thirty three. That's five episodes. That's really. I just look. uh, I mean, you already have Booch, and I don't want to step on his toes as being your your regular go to guest. No. Well, here here's the secret, which I haven't revealed um, for. So last week there was not an episode. Because I was going to record with someone, and I won't out that person. But they had to cancel. It was a last-minute thing. You know, they, they, it was beyond their control. So I didn't have any – and I could have tried to find someone. But, and then I texted Brian because he's usually been my, my, my go-to, like my backup. Mm-hmm. But he, mm-hmm. never, he never responded back to me. Hmm. I'm like, what the heck, man? Like, you know. Well, now that there might be a Flash TV show in works, he probably thinks like he's on to bigger and better things. Maybe. I don't what know. is he to you for? I don't know. Although he he did um, sort of put an appearance on the on the the last regular podcast when I was talking with Jen, he he like ended up in the calling in, or he's just like I, I guess because they they live close by, right? Or neighbors or something. Hmm. So yeah, yeah. That those West Side people, man. The the West Side people. Who knows what those people are up to? Bunch of weirdos. Yeah, over there. No idea. So you're East Side then. I take it. Uh, I am. I'm actually Valley, baby. I'm S. I am SFV for life. Mm, that see. is the San Fernando Valley. I see. It's hotter, but it's also way cooler. It's not cooler. <laughs> it's not. It's literally not cooler in any way. There is no way. Period. I mean, I like. I have a bigger house than I would have if I lived over there. That I guess that's kind of cool, but not really because home ownership is not a bastion of coolness. You know, it's not like I'm like, man, look how cool I am. I have a modest family home. Well, I, you know? I, I mean, owning owning a house is, is good. Yeah, but it's not cool. Well, it is when when you're like tired a, at the end of the day. And that's true. That's and it's not like the kids are like, I would like to have a moderately priced uh, two bedroom house in San Fernando Valley. There's no kid who that's their aspiration. But but it also beats like it's like oh I need to move I need to find a place to live I need to find that's true. somehow that's true. to lug all my comics around. Uh, yeah, I don't have to do that anymore. That part's nice. You're right. It is cool and cool. It is way cooler up here. Yeah. In your face, West Side. Yeah. All those those. People. You hear that Higgins and Booch and Humphreys? I think Humphreys. Sam Humphreys lives over there. These guys can all go eat it. <laughs> Speaking of eat it, so the first issue to hunger. Like, like that was that. great, Tony. <laughs> oh, that is. Hope. Thank you, thank you. I'm I'm here every week usually. 
Except when people cancel on me. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say suck it because then I don't know what you would have done. Uh, where would you have gone? I'm not sure where that would have gone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Hunger number one came out. And. Number two is out this very week, as a matter of fact. Wow. It's, that... Yeah, it was fast. Yeah. It was fast. And then we have a little gap. And then uh, three and four come out, I think, in very similar organization. So uh, it, it appears as if you are preparing to have Galactus destroy the entire Ultimate Universe and eat it. Uh, He's going to well, yeah. eat it. Yeah, he is going to eat it. Um, yeah, I mean, look, guy's hungry. Uh, this is a much uh, younger universe, so it's fresher. You know, what are you going to do? Like, if you have a choice between eating this, you know, 50-year-old universe with all these parallel Earths rolling around in it, that's heavy, you know? That's heavy, and it's probably a little bit mealy. The Ultimate Universe is live. It's, uh, it's fresher. It's younger. It's like veal to, uh, to the beef of the, um, of the Ultimate. So what I'm saying is that if you are offended by eating baby animals, uh, don't read these books. It's really going to just upset you. But it's not so much a, a baby. Now the, the metaphor really fell apart when I started going <laughs> into it there. The Ultimate Universe has kind of been around for, for how long has it been now? It's like at least a decade. Oh, for 12 years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. I think the first one was two, 2000, 1999. So there's more than that, even. Here you go. That took that. The, see, now that it took forever. You Eat it. Good work. Good work. I'm glad to know that you're so focused on what I'm saying. I'm absolutely focused. I would have played this earlier, but there's a stupid ad at the beginning of, of YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I was like, <laughs> this should be like, if, if comics had the, like the, the musical cards, you open them up mm-hmm. and, you know, you open up Hunger, you got Weird Al singing, eat it. There you go. I like that. Although, but then you got the like licensing fees and all that. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put a word into to the, to the powers to be. Okay. I'll tell Axel to Tony. Hey. Tony G Man, Tony G Man Guerrero wants uh, wants you to put uh, beat it, eat it rather, the Weird Al version of beat it, <laughs> meaning we have both the Michael Jackson estate and Weird Al. Yeah, he'd be like, like what? He'd be like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so yeah, Galactus totally gonna eat the Ultimate Universe. You guys should, you guys should read that. So that was great. When and I, in case people, for some strange reason, haven't read it yet, I won't describe it in in detail. But when he makes that first appearance it, it was it was something it was like i wanted to do like a slow cap clap for that <laughs> thank you yeah there's a couple of those moments in issue two that i'm really really proud of um there's actually there's a preview that went up that's up and floating around right now and on page one uh you see i'm gonna spoil it for everybody because he's on the cover uh you see the silver surfer or the silver searcher as he's known in the ultimate universe and uh in the back is the reflection of galactus and it might be my favorite thing that has ever been drawn of something I wrote. Like Leonard just is Leonard Kirk is just unbelievably cool. Like his stuff is so awesome. Yeah. So yeah, there's lots of fun. Like the the second one is is Rick teaming up with Silver Surfer, um, and then uh, we have Captain Marvel is going to make an appearance soon, um, and uh, it's all on a collision course for Cataclysm, hmm. which is coming up in sometime. I think October. October. Uh, so here's another question: Since you're so heavily involved, or so heavily entrenched in the Ultimate Universe now, mm-hmm. uh, so Ultimate Spider-Man 
is a little out of sync now, correct? Because it kind of jumped ahead like a year. Yeah, we're getting there. It'll all, everything will, in theory, all click into place. Okay. In theory. Yeah, like, so, so Ultimates, Ultimates, Ultimate X-Men, and Hunger, everything will eventually, and Ultimate Spider-Man, everything will eventually sort of lock in. So we understand when everything is taking place. Like one of, one of my goals when I got brought on the books, um, especially when I started writing Boom, started writing Hunger as well as uh, the Ultimates. Like I really want to bring back that sense of a cohesive universe. Like I think that was one of the things, you know, early on, one of the things that was really attractive about the Ultimate Universe is that you didn't have, you know, a hundred books. You just have four books, and you can follow those four books, and those four books are telling a story. And like, yeah, there's times like I don't, you can't quite figure out when Ultimate Galactus was happening, mm-hmm. but you can put it together. Like you can figure it out. It's it's one of the things that I'm kind of fixated on, is making making the universe feel like a cohesive, like a cohesive thing that by reading four books you're getting a whole universe worth of story. So, um, you feel any pressure, like poss- <laughs> possibly destroying the Ultimate Universe? Um, well, look, uh, I love it. I love the ultimate universe. Um, and sometimes you have to kill the things you love. Is that right? Oh no, it's hurt. Uh Oh, no. (laughs) So you must really love it. Too far. Curses. Uh Oh, so, uh, ultimates 28 came out last week. Yes. And, um, it's like, it just killing everyone almost. Uh, one more, uh, one more major death to come. I will say that uh, twenty nine has a has a major death. Um, yeah, I just like killing people. Apparently, it's really it's. Uh, after all the rumors about me last year, I found out like, well, people like people dying. I guess I should start doing that. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, just, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm killing people. You're 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 building up because last time you were yeah, on, I'm, I'm planning on being a serial killer. Like so that's really what it is. And I thought what I could do is I could love my fantasies first. And just make sure that I understand it, and then there I go. Because I, I was going to mention Marvel, this interview, but Marvel is sitting there like, "This is terrific. This guy's talking about how oh, this is wonderful. We're so happy." I was going to mention the last time you were on a podcast, or you you know you talked about your fascination of giving cancer to everyone. Yes, yeah, it's true. I'm a monster, but so. that's the thing. As a serial killer, how do you give people cancer? You know what? That is a great idea for a book. <laughs> wow, look what we just did there. Tom. I'm going to write that down. There you go. Serial oh. killer. Gives people cancer. It manages to be the most depressing. It takes two of the most depressing things in the world and just combines them into a giant depressing malaise. You, but you would think there, there, there's got to be a mutant power like that. You know, there's. I believe there is. I think there is one. I don't because there, there's such random powers. But then it, it's I like I feel like there's a character in District X. I feel like there was a character. Is that what that book was called? The one with Bishop. Yeah. I feel like there was a character. Uh, there was a character who did that. I'm literally walking to my... I'm not kidding. I'm actually walking to my whiteboard. And I'm writing down. I don't know if you can hear it. Let's see if you can hear it. I think I hear a, a, a whiteboard marker. Did you hear that? Yep. Serial killer who gives cancer. Okay, we're good. <laughs> gives cancer. Cool. Okay. Got it. But just, just imagine it. It's like you develop, you know, you see all the other guys like, wow, look at that guy. He, he can fly or that person can turn invisible. Uh, I just give people cancer. Crap. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a kind of certainly a bummer. It's not something you'd be happy about, I would think. No. Yeah. So, uh, Ultimates is really fun, and and uh, you know, like I said, it's all since since I started on the book. There's been kind of one big master plan that we've got to do, and it's it's really you know the probably the most exciting part about it is that I've gotten to actually do the story. <laughs> like I've gotten to do the story, and even as things have kind of grown and changed, it's still the story I set out to tell. It's a really kind of a feeling to plan something and then have it work out at the end. So and cool, I'm doing the lettering for. Uh, I'm doing my lettering script for issue 30 right now, which is uh, the last issue before Cataclysm begins. So awesome. Like, it's so much fun. I'm so proud of those books. And Carmine and, and Lorenzo and Jim, who, who draw just, like, unbelievable. I'm working with more artists who are, like, dreams come true than I ever thought possible That's right great. now. Everybody I'm working with is just unbelievable. That's great. Um, do you want to hint or tease anything about cataclysm or is that still uh let's not talk about that yet yeah well it's brian's book you know like brian's it's brian's book and i don't want to i don't want to talk about it but there's definitely uh it's really cool i think i think we managed to do stuff in hunger that that makes hunger you know not only part of a bigger story but also sort of its its own beautiful little story and what i'm what i'm proud of is you know both hunger and ultimates have these endpoints so that you get a sense of closure to the story we're telling while understanding, like, but we're actually getting to this story that we've been building towards. And putting, and putting a lot of what uh, Jonathan and Sam before me on Ultimates did, um, you know, I think putting a lot of it into that context has been, has been a lot of fun for me, too. And um, I, th- I think it should also be noted that something that almost kind of snuck by in, in issue 28 was something that was said about she Kang hmm? that people might have missed. You should like. Well, P- yeah, I mean, Pietro called her by what he thinks is her name. Hmm. This, this is kind of interesting. Hmm. 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 What was that? You're really just going back to the Daft Punk now. <laughs> Actually, the Daft Punk. Well, I was going to go to this because <laughs> since we're talking about hunger, good. I like that. Would would Galactus steal bread? Um, he doesn't have to. He can just take. He just takes what he wants. So take, it's not even stealing. He's a force of nature. I don't know if you've heard about him. He's a giant uh, primordial uh, before from before the universe, and he just takes what he wants. So he uh, takes and takes, and takes that Galactus. So, so uh, can we can we say that Galactus is is kind of done away? With, with. Oh, wow. You're going to have to watch. You're going to have to watch and see. Because I don't, I don't know how you felt, but I wasn't too crazy about Galactus. I, I like, uh, the Galactus Swarm is actually how he's referred to to make it uh, uh, distinct. Yeah. Uh, no, I like the Galactus Swarm. I think conceptually it's really interesting, and I think uh, combining the two of them uh, opens up a lot of really, really cool, uh, cool opportunities. Um, and I know that because I have seen them drawn, and they are awesome. Now, how would you compare... Either of the Galactus to the one in the movie. Uh, I'm going to go. If you're going to like rank them in order, I would go six Galactus, Ultimate Galactus, the Galactus form, uh, followed by Senient Storm, uh, Senient Storm Galactus from the Fantastic Four movie. That would be my order. I, I just wonder, like, who came up with that idea? It's like, okay, we're going to have Galactus. He's going to be a, a big cloud. 
I think it's that fear that it's going to look ridiculous. Yeah, but, like all, but Jack Kirby, all Jack Kirby stuff is so. Like, I like I love Modok. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves right. Oh, Everybody yeah. loves Modok. You got so it. I talk to my wife about. It, I show my wife a picture, and she's like, "What are you stupid? <laughs> like, what is that? Like, how is that supposed to be scary? Like, what is that supposed to even be?" And it's like, no, it's Modoc. He's a dude, and he gets turned into the, the you know organism designed only for killing. And she's like, it's, I don't like it. It's stupid. It's ugly. And so, like, you have to figure out a solution to it. And I think it's really tough. Like, I think, I think making Galactus work when it's a dude or a CGI piece is going to be really tough. That's what makes comics great. Is it doesn't look ridiculous in the comics. It looks like it makes sense. You know, that's why comics will always be better. Yeah, I mean, because as as and as far as like being ridiculous, I mean, Vic Mackey as a thing, it it, it worked, but it was it was a little little ridiculous. Okay. I don't I don't dislike those movies. I really like the Fantastic Four a lot. Yeah. Um. So I'm a little blind to it, you know. I I, I was just I was just happy that like Ben was you know Ben was Ben like they got the voice right you know like it was not meaning the way he did his voice but like the tone of his voice the way that he talks yeah. the language he uses. Yeah, it's just I I, I I wish they would have tried to be a little more faithful with Galactus. And, and I totally get a big, giant purple guy. People might be like, what's going on? But, you know, you look at the other elements in the movie, I, I think people would be a little, like, you know, forgiving or accepting or whatever. You know, right. you, you, you got a guy, a silver guy, a guy on a surfboard. You know, if, if you if you told someone who has no idea about comic books, here's this guy flies through space on a surfboard. Naked. Naked. Well, I and, mean, he has, a, he has briefs on, technically. Uh, he's all shiny. You don't think he has briefs. I think he's just he's just nothing. He, I think the original, if you look at the old Kirby designs, he sort of has, like, he has the, the little brief, little yeah. brief outline. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, look, you have to commit to, I think that's what Avengers did better than any other movies. It just committed to the sil- inherent silliness. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, it, it committed to it, and by committing to it and the absurdity of all these things existing you know together it sort of owns it and it makes it all work yeah no the trick becomes you know thanos making thanos look look proper and working and everything because that, that was the thing with, with with um the thing he sh- I, I felt he should have been a little bigger maybe a little wider yeah, if you look at those jack kirby comics though he's tiny yeah like he's broad and rocky but he's not tall like yeah. he didn't become tall until when he become like he became tall after the John Byrne era, I think. He's like drinking. Milk. So John Byrne freaks out about it. That like he's not giant. Why is he giant? He wouldn't get taller. And you know, Jack. I think Jack Kirby was a little guy, so you sort of see that like Jack Kirby would make everybody, you know. Yeah. So is there an official stance on like what happens if if the thing like gets chipped? You know, is is his rock organic? Well, know. only thing we see that happen, sir. Well, yeah, there, there's that where you know, like flakes, you know, fell right. off, and uh, there's been stories. There have been stories about uh, there have been stories about him crumbling, him having, and I think isn't fractions doing in uh, in Fantastic Four? I think he's got some dandruff. Yeah, yeah so it's like because you know we we we've seen. I mean, there's been some like epic, especially like you know, thing Hulk battles, and you know, you see the punches flying, and that's yeah, a skin. Well, yeah, it's like they're, they're like. Uh, it's like plates on a uh, on like a dinosaur. Yeah. You know, so they're part of his they're, they're like it's your fingernails. That's how I always thought about it. Yeah. You know, so it's like your fingernails growing back. 
It's like orange, rocky fingernails that grow out of your skin everywhere. Everywhere, indeed. Everywhere. Even places you don't want to think about. Poor the thing. Poor the thing. Uh, there was something, because um, you, you mentioned The Flash. I think it was The Flash. That I, I, I read something about The Flash. I don't remember if it was a movie or something, but they referred to him, because I've talked to Brian about this before, how it's like, do you call a character with the, do you call like The Flash? Well, you call him Flash, like when you're talking to him, like where I to meet The Flash. Yeah, because I would say like, hey, The Flash, you want to go out for a pizza? I would say, what's up, Scarlet Speedster? <laughs> I would talk to him like I was Stanley. But, which would be confusing because, you know, wrong company, but still. But the, the, this thing I read, they, they even capitalized the T when they referred to, you know. Yeah, because it's the first, well, because it's a title. But, uh, like, if, you're, if someone is the Duke, it's capital T for the. I don't know. I'm glad we're having this discussion about punctuation on your podcast, by the way. I think the Legion of fans were wondering to themselves uh, what the proper punctuation was for the spoken word well they need to know i mean especially since so many don't even capitalize or punctuate when yeah. they, they type online yeah see this is a service that's really it's, it's a good way to think about it do you do you punctuate when you you text people or do you text uh, people? I, I, I type like an adult yeah i i, I, drives I, I don't understand like i'm i'm an adult and i can use words and typing on a phone is very fast so you can really just type all of them. Yeah. Type all those little letters. I'm a writer, man. I got to use words. <laughs> do, do, you, do you ever get paid by the word? Uh, I've done, when you write prose and uh, journalism, I've done that before. So you become very, very verbose? Yes, as, as many as you can, as humanly possible. All right. You also have, or I guess we could say had, this, this early this week, a little project, a huge project, let me rectify that, called The Bunker. So it's, it's Archie and Edith, right? Yes, and uh, they're living in a post-apocalyptic world. Um, but it's nice for him because she's come back from the dead. Yeah. Uh, so it's sort of like a post-apocalyptic, kind of racist, heartwarming family drama with zombies. <laughs> a zombie. So um, again, hold on. I think I need to go to the whiteboard. I think this might this might be. Well, I'm saying it right down. I'm good. All right, I'm good. I'll, I'll, that one won't go out of my head. I mean, I, I guess the question is who owns the rights to Archie Bunker? That's true. It might be a CBS thing. Is would it conflict in the comic space with Archie? Mm. With with the Archie comics is the real question. Yeah, because like, does Archie comics own the copyright? Could you do an uh, uh, a uh, all in the family comic book? In the style of um, Archie. So it's Archie Bunker and the Riverdale Gang. <laughs> These are just great. These are all great ideas. You know what, Tony? We should start our own company. We should, yeah. We, we just do these books all day. So I'm doing this book called The Bunker, Tony, I hear. Uh, I heard you read it. I did. What did you think about that? I loved it. Yeah? And I, Sweet. I, you, um, so I, I think you mentioned that, that Matt Elfring guy was going to be reviewing it. I mean, you can review it too. We really need people to read it. So anything that can help get the word out. Well, the way our site works, you, you can only um, have a, a, only one staff member can 
Can yeah, review. but you could re- couldn't you review it as a fan? You could be one of like the the fan reviews. I, I guess I could. I don't, yeah. Actually, you know, I don't. Maybe that would work. I wonder. I think you should look into that. It's specifically for me and my interests. So, so what's the what's the bunker? I'm going to interview you about the bunker. What's the bunker about, Tony? It's about uh, like what thirty pages. I hate you. What's the story? <laughs> what's the story? Of the well, first of all, let, let's clarify. Let, let's let's back up. So people can go to www.thebunkercomic.com. Or because I always screw up when typing that, I also bought whatisthebunker.com because I like that name. So you could go to either one and it'll, it'll get you there. Uh, it's a digital comic released by uh, the artist Joe Infernari himself. Uh, there is no publisher other than us. Uh, there is no support staff. There is nothing that is done on this book that is not done expressly by Joseph and myself. Um, it is also available on com- – it will be available on Comixology. should be available right now. Um, on Comixology, as a matter of fact, and uh, yeah, every penny you know, every penny we make goes towards us continuing to make more, um, which is a really good feeling. Like it feels great because like we're we're just masters of our own. We're masters of our own destiny, other than the part where we need people to actually buy it. Yeah. That part we're sort of not the masters of, but uh, close. Yeah, because because I mean, I I would imagine you know you work for like. Because you you know you you've done creator own plenty of creator own stuff and you know you've done plenty of Marvel and DC stuff and you know I, I'd imagine you know there there are huge benefits to both and I, I I could imagine for only imagine from like a creative standpoint when you're working with a big corporate and again I'm not knocking them because you know obviously they're you know. Giving you money, dang, dang, yeah, dang, yeah. we all make money. But Wee. but it's it's like you know if if you you are you are restricted to what they the bottom line you know they they can you know yeah I mean at the end of the day you know it's true of every every company not just Marvel and DC but any company you work for where you're not 100 percent the owner you have to contend with them mm-hmm. and you know in comics it's certainly. You know, in comic, independent comics, it's less that stuff uh, becomes less about creative and more about business. You know, so part of what's exciting is it's something that you know Joe and I own, where you know we we put in the lion's share of the work and we own it outright. Um, you know, and it's it's us kind of like image. You know, we love I love Image and I've done books there and it's always been great and obviously they're killing right now. Um, but this is a book that we wanted to kind of we wanted to experiment with and, and do on our own. And again, have that kind of pride that like we're doing it exactly. You know, we decided when we were going to release it, and we're releasing it. Um, and it's you know, we don't have to consider anything but what we want. All right. So you said you were going to ask me about it. So um, without trying to give it all away and and stop me if you feel I'm I'm going too far. Okay. So we we have a, a group of young adults, mm-hmm. and they're going to go out. They they they're gonna um actually they're gonna bury a, a time capsule, mm-hmm. and as they're preparing to do it, they there's something in the ground there. It's like what? And what then, is that something? Is it the title of the book, Tony? That's something. There's something. There's a, a bunker, mm-hmm. and they discover their names on there. So they're like, what the crap is going on? Mm-hmm. And this is actually pretty close to just read. You know what? I think. I might not need to read the comic ever again because this this. See, I, I don't want to say too much. So, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so they discover this bunker with the, their names. Obviously, something is going on. It's some weird, weird, crazy thing because their names are already there and they didn't have anything to do with it. And and it's a big mystery. 
I, so I don't even know if I should mention the other part, like what, what, what they yeah, find. They, in- they find in the bunker, they find out uh, that each of them is going to play a very specific role in the extinction of mankind. Okay. Uh, and uh, the question becomes, what does that mean? And what does that mean for their futures? Do they walk away from who they are? Do they walk away from what, you know, what they've spent their whole lives aiming for? Uh, or do they try and find ways to steer around it? They try and find ways to, to still accomplish their life goals while, you know, hopefully not causing the death of mankind. So, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely intriguing. I mean, it's, a lot of, it's, it's, a, it's like a, um, it's a mystery. It's a mystery book. It's a relationship book. Um, it's science fiction in almost the barest way. Like there's not a lot of sci-fi stuff. It's really, as the book goes on and, and Tony, you've read the, you read the second chapter as well. Yes. You can say if I'm right or not, but as it goes on, it really is more about the characters and what what having this kind of foreknowledge does um, does to you. You know, because it really does, it it limits. You know, it's the example that I like to use is um, when I have a phone call scheduled, right? So I know like someone's calling me at eleven o'clock for something. It becomes increasingly hard to do anything because you're always waiting for the phone call. Mm-hmm. You're always waiting for it to happen. So what happens when that thing that's going to happen is your life? Every part of your life is sort of there, you know. So it's a little like it's a little bit Vonnegut-y. It's a little bit uh, it's a little bit like Lost, um, which is why there's a Lost joke in it. And I just wanted to get it out of the way. Yeah, because people are like, like, "That's just like Lost." Yeah, just, see now you can't say because I said it first. It's like so, suck it. it or eat it. Yeah. Eat it. Don't. Nope. Don't. Knock it off. <laughs> Knock it off, you. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and like I said, it's going to be monthly. Um, the first chapter is uh, the first chapter is uh, they're all going to be a dollar ninety nine, so it's super cheap. Um, there's no DRM that I know of, unless somehow the thing that sells our files puts DRM on them, but I don't think there is. Um, well, if it's yeah. through, if if they get it through Comicsology, Comics well, Comicsology does have. So if you don't like DRM, that's that's the way to do it. If you don't like DRM, you can buy it directly from our site, and then you're buying it straight from us. It's literally click a button pay through paypal and then you get an email to download it it could not be easier so it would probably be better if people got it directly from you oh it's not better it's just a different whatever you prefer okay see i'm i'm diplomatic no no i like comiXology a lot you know comiXology yeah. has done a great job in terms of just getting books into people's hands yeah. You know, it's easy to use. There's no, you know, if you download it, like you download our PDF or, or a CBR from us, and then you have to figure out how to get it onto your iPad and, or onto your tablet or whatever. It's, like there's steps involved. Mm-hmm. Whereas Comics Files, you just push a button and you're reading. And then there's also the thing, which, where I'm always hesitant about, you know, seeing the, the argument over DRM or not, uh, like let's say your computer crashes or dies and, you know, like I don't know if if you, off your site, if you went back, would you be able to re-download it? As a matter of fact, Tony, uh, every download comes with three backup downloads. Okay, no, so I'd say that's that's something we looked at. Cool, because I mean that that would be my thing. It's I I, I get the argument for saying it's like I want to be able to own this because there's you know there's always the big questions like what happens some some crazy thing comicsology just disappears or right. they they decide like screw it we're done with this. What do you do with you know, what happens to all that stuff? The same thing with like iTunes. What happens to all the stuff that you right. owned that you bought? Hundreds of thousands of dollars that I've spent. Yeah, yeah. Because because the nice thing about um, with like Comicsology is 
like there's there's times where like my my iPads like you got too much stuff on here, kid. And yeah, well, not that oh kid. no, well even like my I've gone through more hard drives and uh, computers than any sane person should. Like I burn through them, and I have frequently lose all my data. And you know, like to not have to have I have like five backups of I, I literally I have something close to 200 gigs of music. Like I'm a huge music nut. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I have, I have all this music. So I have backups of backups of backups in case it dies, you know, but that's the thing is it's this, this constant fear, which is the nice part about comicsology is that you just don't have it. You just download whatever you want. Again, the- but each side has its benefits, you know, like there's, I, I totally get both sides and I use both sides. I had a, uh, um, the, the big like iPod pods. I, I was getting, whenever I say iPod, I always mix iPod and iPad. Mm-hmm. It's like whichever one I'm talking about, I for some Maybe. reason automatically say the opposite one. So I just got to think about. It. So I, I had uh, one of the big iPods, like 160 gig ones, mm-hmm. and we we're we we're going up to Tahoe, and it was like sitting in like my cup holder in the center console. There was like a a, a water bottle that somehow got got juggled because we had a bunch of stuff packed in there, and it started dripping in there, so mm-hmm. it made like a puddle. So by the time we got to Tahoe, my iPod had been sitting in this little puddle cup holder of water. I ended up not being able to recover it. Oof. So I was just like, ah. and, and, you know, cause what, what made it worse is, you know, I had imported a bunch of my CDs through iTunes to put on there. <laughs> and so now I was just like, ah. yeah. so I had to buy a new one and I still don't have, I haven't been able to recover all my stuff. And well, that's great. Cause now you can streaming services where the artists make uh, pennies on the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! Hooray yeah. for everyone except for the artists. Those people aren't doing great. Well, there has been like like a because um, I don't know if you're a fan of the postal service, mm-hmm. and you know they they released their tenth anniversary. They deliver my mail every day, so I mean, good for them. <laughs> you, uh, that's like the same joke that that Matt Elfring guy tried to make. Did he? Did he really? like yeah. So right, go on. they they put out a tenth anniversary album, and I was like, you know, it's remastered. I was like, like cool. I'll, I'll get this because. I don't know where the CD's at. It's it's somewhere in a closet or a box or something. Mm-hmm. So I just just got that again. And I, is actually, it vinyl only or is it? No, it, uh, it was. Uh, I got it off of iTunes, but they you could get a vinyl or I'm sure there's a CD version. And right. so I was just like iTunes, okay. Can I get it on eight track? That's really I'm personal personally. I'm I'm a little more skewed towards eight tracks. I think I'm not I think sure. nothing sounds better than those eight those eight tracks clicking in. You push it and it. My track player, like in the '90s, I think, in her car. I, I did um, just see Postal Service. Did uh, you? Yeah, yeah. I wanted because they're in New. Aren't they in New York? Aren't they in New York? Like at the same time as New York Comic Con? I don't know about that. I, I think they are. I'm pretty sure, and I could not get tickets, and I was very sad. Yeah, I saw them. But I am going to both of the, like two of the four Pixie shows in LA. So yeah, I heard you. You kind of like them. I'm a little stupid for him. <laughs> yeah, and this is the tour, the first tour without Kim, where they have another, they have a replacement Kim. Mm. They yeah. literally, they have a bass, they found another female bass player named Kim. <laughs> Good for them. It's really, I mean, that's a lot of effort to go through, to, to find a female bass player named Kim who can play your songs and sounds like the Kim you had before. Maybe it's just a coincidence. Yeah, I mean, but I, I would think that uh, knowing them, that there was some sort of like, we got to get someone in camp. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a musician by the name of Big Frida? I know the name. The name sounds familiar. Uh, so this this guy, he's like a rapper, 
Uh-huh. And he actually opened for the Postal Service, which uh-huh. was very strange because it, it doesn't really seem like it would fit. Right. And um, are you familiar with the twerking? Yes. So I, there, there's these three. There is, in fact, a twerking club uh, and the parking lot of the Ralphs around the corner from my house. Very interesting. They got they keep getting shut down by the man. <laughs> so during the show, there is three female twerkers on stage. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, it's like, I'm kind of glad I didn't bring my daughter to this show. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it got, got kind of crazy. But at one point, all of the Postal Service came out, they started twerking, and then, you know, ran off stage. So, yeah, it's weird. It was a very, very weird show. But back to the bunker. <laughs> Are you sure? We could talk about twerking. We could, I'm surprised the fact that there's a twerking club in our local grocery store have you uh, ever, was not of more excitement to you. That seems like something that you would get very excited for. Have you ever thought about like signing up for that? No, I'm good. Uh, you know what? The, if next time you come, next time you're in L.A., uh, we'll see if we can track them down. There was also one time a guy doing kung fu uh, in the parking lot. Um, he was protecting the cards, he said, but what it really looked like is trying to break windows. Hmm. So, you know. That's, what, that's, that's Los Angeles. Los Angeles, uh, this is a secret, is uh, when you watch David Lynch movies and you're like, oh, man, those places are so weird. No, that's just what living in L.A. is like. My, like I first moved here and I saw, I was like, well, I, was down in, um, I was down in West L.A. going to see a play that a friend was in. And I'm walking and there's a, uh, a homeless woman uh, pushing a baby stroller. Uh, a stroller and she's talking in these like sweet loving tones to the stroller and I'm like oh it's so sad a homeless woman with the, must have a homeless baby and then uh, in the stroller was a baby doll uh, with its head ripped off and in its lap that hmm. uh, really like that happened and it's just like well David Lynch he's not making stuff like it's everybody thinks he's a surrealist when in fact he's just a realist he's just doing exactly what it's like there yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Anyways, the bunker. So yeah, it's available right now. Um, like I said, the first chapter, the first chapter is up. Um, people have like the response has been great. Um, we have a fortune. We are so rich now uh, that uh, we're both buying Bentleys. Um, we actually, I'm gonna can I let people in on the secret that uh, it hasn't actually come out yet. So what I'm doing is I'm using the power of positive thinking, so that by the time you hear this, it will have come true. I see. I see. Now, were you the one that, that mentioned you're gonna like put a picture up your daughter, like with just with her whole rubbing her stomach? Yeah, or like you empty, know, pointing to her empty mouth. Yeah, I, I want to go to school to college someday. So oh, college, I need to like do you know what private school costs in Los Angeles? It's stupid. Oh, well, my daughter goes to private school. And, yeah. Oh, and in San Francisco, so it's even well, worse. Well, we're uh, in Marin County. The that's yeah. the schools in Marin County, so. But yeah, it's it's great. I I I was so excited. I've, I've mentioned this, um, like I think I like I post on Facebook or Twitter or something. So, so um, I met my my daughter's. She's got a new fifth grade teacher. Mm-hmm. There's like whatever stuff happened, and her her the teacher made a, a reference to the Misfits, the, the <laughs> band. I was I, I just like I was like what? I it just kind of like surprised me, and I was like. All right, just like this teacher earns some some serious cool points here, and I don't I don't think like the school board would approve you know, if they you know they wouldn't want to associate with 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 any of that those guys right that music you would think so well, yeah that's uh, like I don't think any of my teach my daughter's teachers are cool 
like, I mean, they're all nice. They're all very nice people. I just don't think any of them, like, none of them come. No, you know, there's one who uh, come whenever I wear a pixie shirt. She's always like, nice shirt. And I'm like, that's right, nice shirt. Maybe she's and, just, like, oh, you must like Tinkerbell and I do Hello. like Tinkerbell. I do have a three-year-old girl, so I do, in fact. I'm surrounded by that crap. Oh, it's hard to believe your daughter's only three. I know. Tell me about it. It feels like it's been an eternity. Because <laughs> I, I actually, I don't know if I told you, but... um. Last year at, at San Diego, so 2012, mm-hmm. I, I saw when you guys arrived at the hotel. Because you were watching. Because I, I was stalking you. I was just like waiting. I was like, I have a feeling that, that Josh is going to show up here. I'm hoping he's staying at this hotel. Mm-hmm. But I, I saw you guys getting out of the cab and you know, setting up the stroller and all that. I was going to go up and say, hey, but I was like, eh, you know, you know, traveling and kids. and But, but yeah, so I, that, it's just weird that that was only a year ago and, and – so, because like my daughter, she just turned ten, which is crazy. Yeah, it's it's yeah, time flies. Doesn't it? We just potty trained. We potty trained last week. So you did too. Yeah, I'm good now. I no more no more wet bomb. That's, that's I, great. Yeah, yeah. No, she finally just like uh, one day she woke up on Monday and she was like, "Well, I'm gonna wear underwear now." <laughs> what what I tried doing with my daughter as um I I, I tried tempting her or and enticing her with the swedish fish yeah we tried the candy it didn't work yeah it did not work because I, I i had some in a ziploc bag hanging close to the bathroom not in the bathroom because that i don't know that'd be kind of gross even in a ziploc bag well i uh the problem for us is i just ended up eating the candy because i was like oh there's candy here and yeah. we would frequently do like well i'm gonna have candy because i'm going to the potty and then you're just like yeah, so, so I, found I was going to the bathroom all the time just so i could eat candy so I it was, put it there. It was so I was like, if you used a potty, you can have Swedish fish. Huh. And my daughter's like, hmm. Yeah. I want real candy. Yeah. No, she just like the Swedish fish. Swedish yeah. fish are good. I also like I also like Swedish fish, but most people don't, I think. I like the Sour Patch Kids, I have to say. I also, you know what, Tony? We are the same in so many ways. Sour Skittles. Yes. Yes. Regular like Skittles are, are, you know, they're good. I like regular Skittles too, but yeah, Sour Skittles are great. The Tropical Skittles... Mm. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Well, there's new flavor in Skittles. Did you know this? They start putting it's like one. I don't know what it is, like pineapple or something. In regular Skittles, very, yeah, like and there's very few of them, and so like every once in a while you get one. You're like, what the what the fuck is this? So this is wrong. I mean, is, is it still yellow like the regular? I think so. Yeah. Huh. See, yeah. I, I haven't. I don't often do the regular Skittles because, although sometimes like like Halloween, my daughter would be like here's a bag of Skittles, Dad. You can have it. I'm like, thanks. You know, she's. And that that's the, here, here's the other weird thing. It's like we still have Halloween candy for my daughter, right? Sitting in the cabinet because this is more of my wife's thing about like monitoring, you know, how much sugar she should have and all that. Right. So, so it's, it's usually by the time the next Halloween comes up, it's like, all right, we got to get rid of this candy. It's been sitting here for a year because she doesn't eat a lot of candy. How much? <laughs> yeah, how my, much is too much? My kid doesn't hardly eats any. Also, she doesn't like it. She likes some. Um, uh, I have like the hundred calorie packs of like cookies. Mm-hmm. She'll eat those occasionally, and she likes Oreos because she's not stupid, you know. So she knows. Um, but yeah, she doesn't really like sweets. It's uh, it's nice because there's lots of diabetes. Yeah, this is turning into a conversation of old people. What happened, Tony? We were so it's, vibrant, it's, and young it's, ones. It's about stuff. It's it a comic book podcast stuff. stuff. See, because it's, it's like my daughter when we do movie night, she can have like pick out like three three things of candy, like three pieces of candy or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, so I that don't know. Like so much. It, it might be, but I mean, if you're looking like you know, an hour and a half, two hour movie, 
I mean, because you're you're talking about Halloween candy, so it's not like like a whole bit, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, they're 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 small size, and but it's like I don't know if if having such. I mean, how do you do? You feel you should just say, "Hey, have all this stuff here. You'll get tired of it. It won't be a big deal." Or do you restrict it, and then it's like the forbidden fruit, where it's like it's like ah, you know? Yeah, I would eat all of it. Is the like that's the thing is if that was given to me as the option, uh, I would just be like sweet and just eat the whole thing, and you know. But and the, I would die again with the diabetes. You know, maybe. So. Uh, unless, <laughs> unless you got to the point where, like, uh, you know, last time I ate all this, you know, it made my teeth hurt. Yeah. No. Nope. I don't have the memory part mm. of, like, because uh, I'm on, I've been on a diet. I'm on, like, an exercise kick, and I work out every day. And I still, I don't remember. But then, like, you know, so after a few, like, a month of this and eating better, I had a cupcake. And it made me violently ill, like just like too much sugar and like it was too rich and it was gross and I felt crappy that day. Uh, and then uh, there was still another cupcake left and I was like, oh, cupcakes. <laughs> I love these things. So I don't learn. I don't learn at all. But I'm going to assume my daughter the same way. Maybe you should like write on your, your whiteboard. Yeah, should write. Just stop it. Like, don't just eat, don't eat all the candy. Yeah, just stop it. Well, it'd be weird if I put Tony don't eat the candy. Yeah. I mean, who's that going to, that would, you know, what would happen is superstar, my little pony artist, Tony Fleece would be over at my house and he'd see that and he'd be like, why can't I eat candy? Why are you being a dick? I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm not yeah. coming over. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. Hmm. So, so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, back to the bunker again, because I, since I enjoyed it so much, uh, like how how far do you have this planned out? Let, let's let's start there. I mean, I know what the ending is. Like, I know I know where the story goes in a broad sense. Um, and you know, it's been it's sort of this weird thing. Where, like, you know, three is being drawn right now, and I am working. I'm writing number four right now. So, like, I have you know, we we have you know, kind of beat by beat, we have the story as we're going. But a lot of it really does rest on you know how well the book does. Like, we're we're gonna do it no matter what. You know, we're gonna tell a story. And I've worked out sort of a one-year story, a three-year story, and a five-year story. And, you know, for both Joe and I, like, you know, we both have other jobs and we both have other commitments. But this book is really important to us. And so it's something that, you know, if, if there's a way for us to, to do the book and, and make a decent, you know, a decent chunk of change doing it, where it's not, you know, like I've done nothing for the past week pretty much except for work on, you know, the marketing and the website stuff. Joe and I have both been kind of killing ourselves on the website. So... You know, it, it, as long as it remains a profitable venture, we would like to keep the book going. Um, and, you know, that's the other thing that's nice is I haven't had a lot of opportunities to tell stories where I'm the one in charge of when it ends. Um, you know, because we're not doing it. We're not setting out assuming we're going to make a million dollars. Like, we're going to be happy if we make, you know, something. Um, and so because of that, like, we can do it until we're done. Until we both feel like we're done. Um Whereas, you know, normally it's, you know, you have this many issues, wrap it up, or you have, um, with Last of the Greats, it was something where just we could physically could not afford to produce more books, you know? So with this, because, because you're getting rid of the digital stuff, because, you know, Joe is really fast and, you know, is really, really committed to doing it and super capable, it means that, you know, we have a better shot of, of telling the long form story we want to tell. You know, I, I actually heard that it was more the situation that if people didn't buy it, that you were just gonna like quit writing comics and and tell Marvel to stop writing I comics. Don't, I want nothing from. And I'll say I want nothing from you. Yeah. yeah I mean, look, I am very unpredictable. You know, so anything is possible. So 
be but, careful what you what you wish for. But what I'm saying is, don't tell people it'll. You'll still tell it whether they buy or not. Well, no, but I'm saying if you wanted to tell the whole story, then you got to make a commitment, baby. Yeah. Come on board. And you know that's part of before before you were recording, we were talking a little bit about the pricing stuff and. Part of the reason why we're doing the fixed price is we want you to know, like, this is a real comic. It's going to come out monthly. It's going to be, you know, it's always going to be the same quality. It's always going to come out theoretically at the same time. Like, we're we're doing it like it's a proper business, and you know that's why we're asking for a proper amount of money. Like, we're not we're not leaving it we're not we're not leaving it up to generosity. Like, we're leaving it up to you know it's a contract between us and between us and our readers. Yeah, I mean, that's which good. you can play this back to me in like three months, where it'll be like horribly late and. Everyone will be sending me emails yelling and swearing at me, and you know you can you can come back at me with that. Now, is there more? I don't know if I want to say incentive. Or, um, I mean, because it's just you guys. You know, you don't have to answer to editors and you know whoever. You know, so so like like keeping your deadlines. Like, or could, do you think it could be a case like it's like well, you know, I, I have my deadlines for you know for for this. If if it's like a day late or you know a week late, no, you know what? It's actually sort of a funny thing. The other the other nice thing about Comicsology is that there's uh, you know you have to go because you're going through the Apple Store. There's like a window. There's an amount of time between submitting the file and having it show up on Apple. So that means the yeah. So the idea the idea behind having sort of a fixed price instead of doing the the pay what you want. Is that like you know it's a contract? It's a contract between us and you, and us and our readers that we're going to do everything we can. Oh, and then I was, uh, you know, the other thing is with one of the nice things about comicsology, sort of strangely, is because it takes it takes a little more time for files to to populate there because you need you know Apple signs off on everything or whatever. Um, so what that means is that uh, we have to turn stuff in, otherwise it ends up being really really late. So every month when an issue goes live, the next issue has to pretty much be done and be ready to submit, um, which is like a great – so it is a deadline. Like it's, it's a forced deadline that has nothing to do with an editor yelling at me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. So there. I, so in your face. Eat it. I don't know, who, I don't know whose face I was in, but I was in some – Kyle Higgins. Kyle you go the hell, Kyle Higgins. That guy. That guy. So, so yeah, that's me. That's me in a nutshell. Now, um, because we're we're doing this positive thinking, and all that. So, what what would you, what would be your preference when when you sell the rights, or not necessarily sell the right, license out the rights for you know live action production? Would you would you see this as a movie? And I'm not I'm not saying you're writing this for the sake of a movie. But if it right. were ever to get adapted, would you would you could you see it as a movie or as a television series? Uh, I would. I mean, we're happy for whatever you know. And again, like uh, I've sold a bunch of stuff as movies and a couple TV shows and all that stuff is great. And you know, but what that stuff kind of really is is it's a way to keep doing the comics, which is nice. So I'm open to whatever. Yeah, I say I there's there's I mean there's obviously benefits to both, and I'm I'm looking at it as, as based on you know me having read the first two chapters, right? Because um, obviously with with the movie you know you have higher production or or, or you know budgets, and, right? And you, you know you you can do more, be a little edgier unless you know you you go it went the cable route or something like that. 
But the the benefit of a television series is, you know, if if you have like a five year plan, you know, you you could do that a lot easier, not have to compromise or you know trim it down. Yeah, no, that's like uh, getting to do a getting to do a. a Getting to do a movie ver a TV show of of your work is really kind of where it's at now. I think Robert, I think Robert Kirkman has really proven that. You know, where he he gets to be involved in the show in a like real day to day way, and you know, it helps get again. It helps people get reading those books, and you know, that's that's the thing that a lot of people, I don't know whether they realize or not, but like so much of what we do is just about making making enough scratch to actually be able to do this for a living. Um, you know, and I love, I love working for Marvel and DC, but there's nothing like, you know, working for yourself. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's no better feeling in the world. Yeah. I mean, I, I can imagine that, you know, cause that, that's your, 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 your baby. I mean, that's something you created. It, it's, it's there and you know, you don't, you can't, don't have to worry about like, cause if you create a new character like she Kang, right. You know, they can you know next month or they say you know we're gonna we're gonna put her in this other issue and you know we're gonna change everything in this and that and and, and you just make it yeah and you just make it fit i mean that's, like, that's yeah. part of the job you know like that's just sort of what you do yeah so, so but i i imagine i mean even if if like let's say avengers 2 she king appears there you know that'd be really cool right but if it was something like the bunker or like echoes you know, having that up there. Or what about an Echoes Bunker mashup creating the saddest, most depressing story of all time? Hmm. What about that? Did you, did you even, did, could your imagination even contain uh, such an opportunity? Yeah, I don't know if, if I, I could imagine that just yet since I've only read two chapters of The right. Bunker. Right. So. I like how you put the word the, like the accent on the, as though that is the key word of the title. I just want to make sure it's, it's actually, you know, the reason I'm putting the emphasis, because you know the way I talk and my, my, the usually comes out as duh, you know, my, right. my, my Chicago accent or whatever you want to call it. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. That's why your Chicago accent. Yeah. Uh, well, and I, I, when I, when I first moved to California and, you know, was doing the teaching thing, I, I was more aware of, you know, I guess enunciating properly, if you want to say it. But I got to the point, I'm like, whatever, you know, it's like, you know, I'm just going to say it the way I say it and just be comfortable with it. And, and an entire class of kids grew up illiterate. Hey, I, I taught math. It was all about numbers. So an entire class of your students grew up illiterate to math. No, you can. Math illiterate. They what's, the word, what's the word for math illiterate? Math illiterate? No, there's a, there's a word for it. What? I've never heard the word. Because it would never exist in my class. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Math, I'm Googling it. No, when I stopped teaching, that's when they became math illiterate. Uh, innumeracy. Hmm. See, not part of my vocabulary. Innumeracy is the equivalent to illiteracy. I guess. Not knowing numbers. Yeah. There you go. See, but when I taught, I, I even had a stack of comics in the classroom. About math? Math comics? No, no, just regular, regular comics. Because... I was like, you know, if you finish your test early, I don't encourage you to finish your test early because that's not good strategy. But if you do, <laughs> you got the, the kids, they, they zip through but it. If, here's a reward. Here's a reward for you for racing through your work and not actually doing your now, It was more like, like, okay, sit down, be quiet, 
and you know read a comic instead of trying to talk to someone you know two rows over you know right so but see I also the, the where I taught uh, we we had a, a huge we had a very diverse population which was was cool because you know you had a lot of newcomers you know English language learners mm-hmm. and and you also had like people living in like million dollar homes so I mean it was, it was it was a great dynamic you know teaching all different levels and you know I had a lot of the the English language learn I don't know if they call it ESL ELL they're always changing the official right. terminology but you know sometimes some kids would be like hey can I borrow you know take this comic home and bring it back next time and you know cuz it would they wanted to try reading it and you know if it helped them learn English great since obviously I you're saying I I can't teach them English the the real heroes are the teachers and Spider-Man yeah that's that's the lesson that we're teaching here today yeah children what about Captain America? Eh. Patriotic. Patriotism. Eh. President Cat. Eh. Eh. He's in your book. He's no Spider-Man. Spider-Man's great. That guy, that Spider-Man, he just can't get it right. You he, know? Just, he just kills people left and right now. Yeah, he does kill a lot of people. <laughs> I haven't read I missed an issue somewhere, so I'm behind a little bit on that book. But what a terrific book. I, I, I got... Um, I, I missed one panel. I read the comic, I realized, after that. Because um, I think it was issue 14... This is the last one that just came out, and all of a sudden he's got a new costume. And I'm like, like, wait, wh- where where'd this come from? It's like I'm pretty sure I read the last issue, and the costume's more like the the Ben Riley Spider Man style, right. almost like the Alex Ross um, right. concept sketch. So I was like, where'd this come from? And then after I realized, it, it was like on a podcast we we're talking about it, like because we we're like, yeah, where'd this come from? And and then I realized after the podcast, but then like a couple days later, I, I have like like. You know, four or five people tweeted me. It happened in this issue. It happened in this issue, and you know, someone would include a panel. It's like, thanks, I, I figured it out. Because you know, when you're on a podcast, yeah. you, you know, you you could like take the time to look something up like this, you know. But it, it kind of, as some people think, you're not paying attention to what they're saying. Then, right. So hold on, I'm I'm googling things. Hold mm-hmm. on a second. See, mm-hmm. but see, I I can Google things. And why are you doing it? Yeah. Because it's just it's a matter of, of balancing. I mean, you should see this setup in here. There's like all these like the soundboard and monitors. A robot. It's, Is there a robot? Do you have a robot butler I, in there? I could use a robot like butler. Ollie in, in Rocky Four. Or like a, a Superman robot that plays chess. Or a Superman robot. I actually uh, I got a signature from uh, the Harry Houdini automatons. So it's an automaton that signs Harry Houdini's autograph and looks like Harry Houdini. The sign- it looks like his signature or the automaton yeah. looks like him? Well, both. Interesting. Um, and it's supposedly actually his signature, like it's the right signature. Uh, and at that same place, I also saw one of those uh, chess playing machines. I, I, um, automated chess machines. I, I, I just read a, a Jimmy Olsen comic. And, and he... <laughs> My story was better. No, I'm sorry. sorry. So, so it doesn't even compete with mine. Is I Jim- met a robot Houdini. This this issue, Jimmy Olsen had a, a robot that looked like Superman that was only there to play chess. Hmm. So Superman gave Jimmy Olsen this robot. Built the robot first. Don't pro- that probably part. built Literally. it. Gave it to him. And because he's like, you're so into me, I'm going to make this robot look like me. It's going to wear my costume. And it's yeah, just going to sit there and play chess. 
Yeah, there's a lot of those kind of creepy. Is that like it's the seventies comic? I yeah, bet that one was nineteen seventy. Yeah, see, I'm good. I can guess. I can guess these things. Yeah, the the seventies are like where the sort of weird homoeroticism really takes off in Superman. Because I me. for me, <laughs> I, I've started doing a, a video series which you probably haven't watched. Where um. I, I, do. I watch everything you do, mm-hmm. and I don't mean videos and stuff. I mean, like, I see you right now. I bet you do. Yeah. But, so I, I do this video where – because I, I, I dabbled in, in – I don't know what you think from a, a creator's um, perspective is doing, like, a spoilers video. And when I start, first started doing it, I was posting the videos Tuesday after the comics came out. Mm-hmm. And and I wouldn't you know spoil absolutely everything, but you know I'd I'd put panels on her, give the gist, and and I would I wouldn't do like the last page, which is usually like the big reveal or something like that. But the way I was looking at it is like people like talking about comics, they like spoiling things, and you know, and this way it's like kind of give them what they want. But then I I found that they they weren't that successful, like the the video views, you know, because I, I look at the numbers. That to me that's what makes a decision if it's worth doing, right? And I don't know if it was because I was waiting to like almost a week after the issue was out. Maybe everyone already got it out of their system. Right. So I, I, so I was like, you well, know. Richard probably posted it a week before. Maybe, yeah. So that makes it like a two-week. If it's a big spoiler, that makes it like a two-week spoiler, you know. Yeah. But I would, I would yeah, yeah. You know, just, just take like, like two or three comics and, you know, it's like, here's, here's the spoilers. Here's what happened. But then what I decided to do is like, I'm going to do classic spoilers. So I'm spoiling comics from like eyes, the, the 50s or 60s, you know, Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane, or, you know, I, I did like Amazing Spider-Man number 40 and, and, and people dig it. So it's like, I like that. You can do the hamburgers, the hamburgers uh, issue. Yeah. I, I so look great. It's where Superman can't stop eating hamburgers. I, you know, Why I, can't Superman stop eating? It's because his metabolism got sped up. Yeah, we, we talked about the keep eating. Yeah, it's the best comic ever made. We talked about. I talked about it with everybody. So yeah, and I, I, I even tracked down the panel. I, I think, think I, I think that might be why I don't work at DC anymore. That's actually that's the secret is that it's because I uh, too frequently pitched follow up stories to the Superman can't stop eating hamburgers. And they're like, uh, but uh, then I got to I got to I got to Marvel and I said um, I got a pitch for you. Rick Jones can't stop eating hamburgers, and they were like. Would you like to write a summer event for us? Yeah. So that's the that when people say what's the difference between working at Marvel and DC, uh, one company appreciates a good story about eating hamburgers, and one are jerks. I mean, don't sorry. <laughs> oh man. Um, so is there going to be more? There's going to be more burgers, right? Uh, we'll see. In the hunger. We'll see. I mean, he's going to be busy. Uh, there's going to be some beach time. There's some beach time that we see coming up. Is he going to be busy like Korean Jesus? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm ta- you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Yeah, I do. Because uh, I, I on our other podcast, the uh, Corey the guy that comes in, I, I mentioned it. And he's he he hadn't seen the movie. I was like, what? And he had no idea what I'm talking about when I when I just mentioned Korean Jesus is busy. <laughs> so. Oh, Tony, 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 Tony. Yeah, that's how it is. So, have you had have you had the uh, ponies artist superstar Tony Fleece on your podcast? Uh, I have not. We should call Tony. He's delighted. You know, Tony's delightful. I'm trying to think. Um, Do you know Tony? You met Tony before? I, I believe I have met him. I I don't know know him. We're always together. Like he's usually next to me at shows. Or, like, yeah. We're usually until he became famous. We used to be next to each other. Now 
uh, now that he's famous, he gets uh, he's put with the other pony people. <laughs> but I, I think that that's that's a, it's like I I think you've introduced us, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think we have that bond like you and I. You know, he doesn't verbally abuse me, right? Well, yeah. In, in like the middle oh, he's of the night. much nicer than I am. That's the first start. It's probably the first part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. We should you know what we should talk about. You want to talk you want to talk about real stuff, man? You want to really talk about it? Uh we should talk about how goddamn exhausting it is promoting comics. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much like that's the thing that people don't know, is that like and the part that I think a lot of us forget going from independent comic mainstream comics. Um the, the guys who do PR and marketing for Marvel and DC and for Image and Dark Horse and IDW, all those companies, uh, what, a, what a horrible task they have. Um, because now it's no longer just like I'm going to get interviews and I'm going to do stuff, but it actually becomes um, you're like monitoring social media and you're like trying to get every tweet anyone says about the book to help retweet it to get the word out. And so like I have spent... And doing all that while writing, you know, my Marvel workload, and I'm doing a couple other creator-owned books, like so. You know, I'm and I'm doing a couple of nuns projects at other companies. Like I'm, you know, I'm writing like seven or eight books a month, and you know, doing a full-time marketing job, um, and it is miserable. What is this? And and uh, people no longer put their email addresses on, like reporters and journalists. Like they no longer put their email addresses; they just put their Twitter handle, which is totally useless. Because you can't talk to them in private unless they also happen to follow you. Well, they they should be following you because you're. Well, you're, yeah, I'm I'm amazing, but you know, the world is not built of people as smart as you, Tony. Yeah, I, thank God. I mean, what would we do? I don't know. See that? You see how I made it a compliment that suddenly turned into a bashing? Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Uh huh. I do love it. You like it? Yeah. You right, take it. Here's a question. From Scouts 1998, how do you store your your comics? I don't understand the question. Where, where do you where do you what do you do? Where with do your I com- get my Where do I get my ideas? No, where do you put your comics that you? Or where do I store them? Yeah, I thought the question was where do you store them? No, where do you store them? And I was them? like, it's like at my desk where I work. That's a weird question. Um, well, uh, I have a system wherein uh, they're all over the place. And it's impossible to find them, uh, and occasionally they get water damaged. That's uh, that's sort of my system. Uh, it's worked out for me so far in that I've had like I had like eight boxes get water damaged last year. Um, now I have a I have a storage unit uh, that is in uh, Sun Valley, uh, which is not anywhere near as nice as it sounds like it should be. It is actually terrifying, and people live in that storage unit. There's a fairly good population in storage unit. Um, and uh, I take, uh, I store all my books as I read them. I have a couple long boxes in the house, and every few months I go and take them out there and throw them in the closet. So the the system that I have, because um, this uh, Scouts 1998 is aware of my system, because I I mentioned it before, and uh, I I have stacks on my desk in the office, mm-hmm. and I I I just like alternate them every week. So it's like if if I like when when hunger comes out next week, I'm like, you know, I need to go back and look at issue one. So then all I got to do is go back like four stacks, like four sections, right? Because that that theoretically the book would have come out four weeks ago. You know, yeah. Sometimes you got the fifth week and all, all that. So that's basically my system. Is they're all by week, and and so if I you know I, I can kind of track something down if I need to. The problem is. 
if I do take out that hunger number one, am I going to put it back? Yeah, then it's done. Then you're screwed. Or will I put yeah, it with... Yeah, like, my comics were alphabetized and organized really nicely at one point, but then you just start pulling stuff out, and then, like, you know, I, like, I actually... This sounds funny, but, like, one of my dreams, like, a great way for me to spend a weekend would be to actually alphabetize my comics. Like, it's, I, worked in, uh, I worked in record stores and video stores for years, and going through and organizing the stacks was always my favorite part. Like, it was, it's so soothing to me. Um, because what happens is you get a finish. It's like a, it's something that you do. You can have a concrete ending, and then it just starts over again. But it's unlike in comics. Like in comics, it just where you finish and then you finish again and then you finish again and you finish again. Um, it's it, there's something very soothing to me about look. It's in order now. Everything in this room is in order. It it does take a long time because uh, when we are in our got to do the shifting and all that stuff it never stops. Because when we were in our old office, we we would do it every, every once in a while, and it mostly fell on me. Because I remember what I, what I do is, you just take up the whole floor, and you know you you have to put them you know and by by letter, mm-hmm. and and it takes a long time. So we we have about maybe twenty boxes or so that are actually alphabetized in somewhat numerical order, not not completely. And back then, we actually had some interns. So we we would you know get them to to help out with that, uh, right? But but now I have no intern, so it's like I the comics from from March 2012 are just in stack. I finally moved them off my desk because I was worried my desk was going to break with all, all, all the weight. Um, <laughs> That's why I have a big I have a big steel desk, so it can never happen. Yeah, Unprotected. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure you know CBS Interactive has you know good quality you know furniture, but. So well, I, but I mean, at the same time, they apparently can't even get you an intern. So I don't, I don't know what the intern situation is around here. I mean, because the other thing is, like when we had, the you in- just taking an intern. Well, when we had interns before, when we were Whiskey Media, I like I and Comic Vine never really used it because you know some of the other people are like, like, hey, intern, you know, here, here's some money. Go buy me a sandwich. Go buy me lunch. And I'm just like, you know, I, I can buy my own lunch. I, I, I feel weird making someone but else. You can't organize, but organizing your comics—that is a job for a scrub, is what you're saying. Because that—that's that's a little more productive. I mean, and you know, running you know a, a couple blocks to, to get something to eat. You know, that's you know, and and it's good to get out and you know get up off your desk. So you're not sorry sitting. that Dick Clark, uh, Dick Clark at his production company, uh, he was so thrifty. That he refused to pay uh, PAs to go get his lunch, and uh, so you would see him all over Burbank getting lunch everywhere. So like his photo is in every restaurant because he would go into every restaurant because he didn't want to pay and he didn't want to pay a PA to get him lunch. See, and I'm also looking at it as ways like this person is getting paid. You want you want to Dick Clark it is what you're saying. No, I, I, I'm saying if they're getting paid, they shouldn't that that money that's paying them shouldn't be to go to, for them to buy me a sandwich. That for, should be for them actually doing something more productive. That's why you get the unpaid intern, and then you just abuse them until the government cracks down on you. I guess. Um, Have you thought about, thought about that, that horrible way of doing it? Or say, how about college credit? <laughs> say, <laughs> like, yeah, you'll, you'll learn something. You'll learn how to get a sandwich order right. That's true. Uh, it's an important... Be amazed, man. Like... Being able to, what I learned, because I worked production for a long time, and what I learned working production was that uh, just being competent 
uh, got me promoted almost instantly. Like, I don't know that I was particularly good at my job, but when someone said, like, go to this address and get this thing, I would do it. And that's it. That's, like, really all I did that made me above the rest. Although I worked with a PA, my favorite working with a PA story is I worked with this PA, and he gets uh, the address is, like, you know, 3214, uh, something, you know, somewhere, some street. And, like, disappears, goes for, like, it's gone for, like, two and a half hours. And it uh, comes back. Uh, despite the fact that we have cell phones and uh, Nextels and like easy to call, you know, comes back two hours later and he's like, oh, I couldn't find it. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I went up and down the street and it went 3213 and then 3215. <laughs> and we're like, well, did you look across the street? And he's like, no, why would I look across the street? And we're like, well, because odd numbers are on one side of the street and even numbers are on the other side. And he looked at me, and this guy lives in Los Angeles, isn't he? Born and raised in Los Angeles. And he goes, I don't think so. I don't think that's true. I've never seen that before in my entire life. And there's like me and like three other guys in the office, and we're like, well, that's everywhere. Like, that's pretty much how it works. Like, at least certainly in America, and I would think everywhere else. Is it, I mean, that's how it is everywhere else, right? Mm-hmm. I would think. I mean, that's just how things are. And this guy, and he was like, well, I looked, and it wasn't, I went, and it was, yeah, he's just on the wrong side of the street, just didn't, didn't look. And that is how I got to be a production coordinator after working for, like, two months, because I didn't do stupid stuff like that. So that is my, if you, uh, that is my breaking into the film industry advice, uh, which you can, uh, you can take with you, you can print it out, you can type it up and print it out and put it on the wall, which is uh, just don't do ridiculously stupid stuff and be moderately competent. Know how... The address system works. Yes, understand uh, that even is one side, odd is the other. Because I always, I mean, that's the thing when, 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 cause I take a cab every Wednesday to the comic store. And mm-hmm. so. What comic store, do you, are you allowed to say, or is it supposed to be like the closely guarded secret? Uh, I, no, I, I mean, I, I go to two. There's one up north called Comic Book Box, but in the city, it's, I go to Isotope. Mm-hmm. Oh. The excellent isotope located at, is it 324? 329. Street? 329, 329 Street. Street. Operated by the uh, wonderful James Sign. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, so they, they know which side of the street it's on. You know, you tell them the number and, you know, they, they know right. that. So, so, I mean, there, there's a reason that, that that system is in place. Yeah. Yep. Now, going yep. back to cataloging comics, because um, when, when, when we were doing this big. Uh, filing project with with the interns and all that, the debate came up. You have something like the Incredible Hulk. Where do you file that under? Do you file it under I or do you file it under H? Uh, well, it depends. I think with X Men, all the X Men books go under X because there's like thirty of them. I would say until recently there was just a, there was just the Incredible Hulk, so it would go under I. But now there's like Red Hulk and Red She Hulk and or there was Red She-Hulk and Red Hulk and Hulk and Hulk and Hulk and Hulk and Son and Hulk, Hulkarama. See, so, so all those books, you know, was there a book called Hulkarama? And if not, I'm, again, writing it down. White, whiteboard, yeah. Whiteboard. Traitor-owned. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that's a, that's a character's Hulk, name. It's about Hulk Hogan. Yeah. That's the difference. It's about a bunch of Hulk Hogans living together. So, and so. Filming each other, having sex. It's weird. Hmm. So are are you saying that you would put all your Spider-Mans in the, in this under S? Yes. 
See, I, I don't I don't agree with that. I put all my Supermans under S. But I also sort so I have like a separate section of um like the DC archives mm-hmm. are all one section, all the showcase volumes are one section, the essential essentials are all one section. Um I have a Jack Kirby section, um that's all the Jack Kirby, those gorgeous DC Jack Kirby hardcovers that he's doing that they're doing. Um Although for some, because there's then there's three Steve Vicko books just kind of with them because they're the same format and the same size, they fit nicely. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I, I and then I have uh, oversized books separately because my shelves aren't big enough. So I'm all over the place. I got a separate like horror section. Uh, but my DVDs, then I have my DVDs that are just like I have box sets and TV and then Alphabet. Oh. You know, like my DVDs are very simple. I think comics are hard to. That's actually a lot of why. You know, my wife is a librarian, and um, you know, I talk to other librarians she works with, including the people who work in like, you know, the teen section and in the the art department where they have the graphic novels. And that's actually like a big. It's a big problem, and part of what's gotten in the way of comics taking hold. And I should add, part of why I think uh, publishers have sort of subconsciously started moving towards promoting the writer as the author of the work because it's a lot easier. Number one, writers have more content for the most part because writers can write five books a month. Uh, but it's also a lot easier to have that one name that is the name it's under, you know? Yeah. Well, I, 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 I think I go with what most comic stores go to. I mean, I think amazing Spider-Man should be under a, um, That's ridiculous. Peter Parker's spectacular Spider-Man would be under P incredible Hulk would be under I. That's ridiculous. No, How do I buy a crossover? Well, then you have to know which issue it is. Yeah, but I did. You don't want your customer to have to think. They click a button and they buy it, or they but, but, pick it up off the shelf and they buy it. All right, so let, it, Tony. So let's let's say like like Contagion, the the Batman crossover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's you got you got it was in Batman, it was in Robin, it was in Nightwing, it was in Catwoman. You're not going to put all those under B. They're, they're still going to be separate because they're separate I volumes. I think like a flexible system. That's what I say. I don't know. Where I, it's flexible. I say the adjective counts because that's what distinguishes that's part it. part of the fun too though. I want, you know, like I had my DVDs organized, you know, by genre. And then I had them, you know, organized by, uh, by director and by, you know, I, I, have a, I have a studio section that has different studios. And that's part of the fun is like putting in all these different, different configurations. It's a game. I don't like it's thing. I don't do it professionally. I do it for fun. Hmm. Well, I'm sorry if you're doing it wrong. I know. I can't help it. But sometimes I do it right. So that's sort of how it balances. Okay. Tony, I love you to death, my friend, but I am at 5%. Already? I know. Our, um, for people listening at home, uh, our conversation's time limit is dictated by how long until my phone drops dead. Uh-huh. So when you, when you know you get a call, it's like... I'm just gonna leave my phone on so it, the the battery winds down before. Yeah, I've been charging all day, but uh, because of all the emails and everything, like I emails and phone calls, and people are very excited about this bunker comic, Tony, that you like so much. Yeah. In I, fact, I've heard that because of your excitement, uh, that has actually allowed me to buy a yacht. That is great. So uh, that's the second yacht, I think. I'm not buying a yacht. I want to buy. A, I don't even want a yacht. Like I, I don't know what. There was a song called I Want a Yacht. Um, it was on Dweezil Zappa's first solo album. And Bobcat Goldthwait was kind of talking in between like the, the chorus part. 
the problem is, you would think that song could be should be on, on YouTube, right? Everything's on YouTube. Oh. But you look up "I Want a Yacht," doesn't come up because one time I, I think it was like Matt and Jen or something. Somehow a yacht came up, so I was gonna like, oh, I'll just throw in this song, and and you, YouTube failed me. So I I wish I could throw songs on because I would just put music on like this. Yeah. People are like that song. I just like that song though. Ten hours, man. You can find a ten hour just just loop it. I I had it play, so that's that's kind of revealing. People that listen to the other podcasts probably now know when this was being recorded. Um, I I had it playing for. Did I spoil it? I spoiled the magic for you. No, I just kind of did. I mean, people know. I I, I mean, okay, here's here's spoiling more magic. Next week's super massive podcast was recorded yesterday, so that's where things get all crazy. But yeah, I, I played this for an hour, but then I had to um, podcast. Oh. Yeah, weird. But but this one right here has been playing for five hours now. Can we can we recommend can we can we do recommendations of things? Sure. Like that, that's always fun. Oh, but now I can't remember what it's called. Hold on, there's a movie I was going to recommend to you. Um, let me find it. Hold on, I'm googling. Uh, you recommend stuff. Recommend something. Uh, two guns. So good. Yeah, I thought saw it Thursday night. It, it's fun. I mean, it's Denzel Washington. And Mark Wahlberg, right? And those those guys are great. I mean, and yeah. and it it's it's a kind of like a buddy movie where you know they, they're they're partners, but then they they kind of don't like each other for certain reasons. They have to work together, so you got that that. Are they opposites? But sometimes opposites attract. Kind of, kind of like and that. Do they, do they get, is there ever a point where they have sort of an awkward, almost kiss? Kind of. You know, I was I was going to say it's it's kind of like you and I. How you know sometimes yeah. we bicker and you yeah, know. Fine. And there was that one time. Yeah. That one time, you yeah. were very drunk. You were really drunk. <laughs> really drunk. And then I paid for my own cab. It was just not fair. You know, you should be I'm happy. You should be happy. I'm going to write that on the whiteboard. I'm going to remember that for next time. Because you, you, didn't, you didn't go with Matt on the way home, right? No. Because he left earlier, and you should be thankful you weren't with him in that cab. Why? What happened? It didn't go too well for him. Why? What happened? <laughs> he, he just he wasn't feeling well. <laughs> Oh man! I mean, I mean, the inside of the cab was safe. Would you right. say? But the, yeah, the outside, I guess, wasn't so. <laughs> so my recommendation uh, is a movie. It just came out on Blu-ray. It's a German movie, and it is called The Silence. Um, and it is about uh, a little girl uh, disappears. She gets kidnapped, and her bike is found where uh, someone else was killed 23 years before. And so everyone starts to link her murder to that murder. And, like, a giant kind of manhunt happens in this small town. But it's all done, like, really quiet and really intimate. Um, and, it, like, if you're for fans of that goes, uh, I highly, highly recommend it. It's called The Silence. Uh, it's by uh, directed by a guy named Baron Bo Odar, um, and it's available on Blu-ray right now. And it is seriously, it's, I watched it like three times in a row. I liked it so much. Now, so here's the thing: like, like I, I, I could say to my wife, like, hey, you know, this this guy I know that I, I'm, I think I'm friends with. It sometimes. Well, you were you were until that cabin didn't happen. And you know, he recommended this movie. She wouldn't want to watch a movie like that. 
Yeah, my wife won't watch it either. Um, you know, because like you know, having a, a daughter or having a child, right. and you know, oh, I know, oh, I know. I wrote, I wrote Echoes while my wife was pregnant, and she was not impressed. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll do another one. Uh, have you seen Upstream Color yet? Uh, I have not. Upstream Color is the new film from the director of Primer, um, and it is that's another movie I watched like two or three times in a row. It's on Netflix finally. Um, and it's, uh, Shane Kruth directed it, wrote, directed and I believe stars. And, uh, it's about, um, these people who, uh, become infected by a virus that allows them to share, uh, feelings, uh, remotely and they find each other. Um, it's crazy. And it's this beautiful movie about connection and primal, stuff um it's so cool like it's it's really hard to um there's a review i read at one point where they talked about how no two people can describe the movie as being about the same thing mm-hmm. because it's so weird and it's like it's about so much um it is totally totally awesome um i also like arrow have you watched this arrow show that people like the tv show I like this Arrow show. I'm finishing up this season right now. That's the I'm I'm actually a little behind myself. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I got to like the middle of the season, and then it's been so busy that I'm that I'm only now catching up. And uh, just that, just for John Barrowman alone, it's it's worth it. Yeah. I mean that that's a bad thing where you know my my job is you know everything comics, and I can't even keep up with that that show. And well, I'm just glad to know that you keep up with me. That's really uh, I get paid more for you keeping up with me. Um, I don't think you do, though. I think it's probably detrimental uh, in in the long term to yourself. Oh but, yeah, they're like you know, if, if you don't keep up with them, then like, yeah. don't don't come in the next day. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Yeah. But uh, my phone is my phone is is uh, is dying. It's on. It's on. It's, it is yelling at me. Okay. Um, we've talked right through my twenty percent warning, as a matter of fact, which right. is pretty impressive because it usually freaks out pretty bad. Right, and I thank sh- you so much, Tony, and thank you to listening. This was, um, I'm so sorry to everyone who listened to us talk about uh, our personal lives in, uh, in strangely in-depth uh, level. That, that's what they tune in for. Yeah. So. That's, that's what I would guess. I mean, and by the way, I have to call uh, Joshua Williams. Joshua Williamson called in the middle of this call, uh, and I'd also recommend... See, look at that. It's a good thing he called because I would have forgotten. I would also strongly recommend uh, his image book, Ghosted. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is totally awesome. But I bet you know that already, don't you, Tony? Yeah, we reviewed it. Um, what would you give it? How many stars did you give it? Or do you not want to say because then it just gets offensive? No, actually, Matt Matt reviewed it and gave it a four. What a jerk. I, yeah, I was... Star book. Yeah. I, I, I reviewed um, the Masked and Mobsters hardcover. Uh-huh. I gave it a five. You give it a five? Yeah, for the for the hardcover. Very very nice package. Yeah, I'm checking. I'm checking on you. Mass and mobsters. Yeah, look, find, look, look it up. You'll see. I'm I'm there. I'm there. And where's the hardcover? I don't see the hardcover. If you look at mass and mobsters, you'll you should see the 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 there should be like two entries that come up because one is the the single volume and one is the collected volume. Hmm. Hmm. Nope. Why are you lying? You're crazy. Oh, there we go. I got it. Yeah, see? I got it right there. So eat it. 
Massive Mobster is terrific. You should go read that. It's a, it's a terrific, terrific digital comic that got turned into a gorgeous, gorgeous hardcover. And also, Josh actually designed, I believe. He actually did all the design work on it. He also had Captain Midnight. And Captain Midnight, which came out. I've not read Captain Midnight yet. Yeah, I gave, I gave, a, I think I gave it a four. Hmm. Issue, issue one. I'm starting to see a trend here with you giving stuff fours. I, I think I gave issue zero five. You know what I give? You know what I give this podcast? <laughs> I give it a four. Okay. How does that feel, Tony? How does that feel? Well, if if you you can't get fives all the time because then you're like like oh I can just kick back I got nothing to. Well, to what, you think people are going to notice if you only give fives to me? You think that people are going to be like oh? Hey, I gave hunger a four. Hunger number one a four. Four. That's what I'm saying. Four. See, so now now you need to see you need to work for that that extra star. So hopefully, mm-hmm. issue two. I will. I'll work harder next time. We'll have to I'll, see who reviews yeah. it because I I think Matt really wanted to review it too, but I'm like sorry. Hmm. I'm pulling rank well, on you. To review the bunker, and then you can give it a five, or I'll kill you. Yeah, well, Matt better give it a five, or he's not going to review it. <laughs> I like that. That's the way to do it. That's the kind of uh, journalism. That's the kind of kind of messy <laughs> journalism that I've always expected uh-huh. from you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, cool. Thank, thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, what is thebunker dot com? It is uh, much more exciting than my tired ass. Uh, talking to Tony, so please come give it a, come give it a look. Okay, and we'll have to do this again sometime soon. Like in, in like three weeks. Or three weeks? Are you yeah, not not less than five? Maybe four weeks. That that's fine with me. We can do it. We we could do uh, it weekly, like every week. Uh, the the week bunker comes out. Yeah, and we'll just keep talking about it yeah. and not actually talking about. It. We'll talk about other stuff. Yeah, we can we can do. It. We'll work. Find something. out how many accidents my kid has had since since today. Yeah. The answer will be none. Otherwise, she will be punished. <laughs> and you'll eat all yeah. her candy. And get, get diabetes. Her candy. I take her milkshake and I drink it on up. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. That sounded horrible. That sounded like I'm a monster now. All right. Well, congrats on the success for the bunker. For, That's for right. The, the millions uh, of people. That, take you out on, I'll take you out on my boat next year. Awesome. Awesome. All right, buddy. Take care. Okay. I'll talk to you later. All right, so that has been Joshua Hill Fieldkov. So, you know, check out The Bunker, whatisthebunker.com, um, or just thebunkercomic.com. Um, it's, it's, it is really cool. In all seriousness, you know, you should definitely check that out. And, you know, check out The Hunger, um, Galactus Ultimate Universe. It's crazy. And ult- Ultimates, talking about crazy, it's, it's like, Jesus, Josh, you're killing everyone, and crazy stuff's happening. Uh, so... Um, I'm going to have to run myself. Um, so if you have questions, I know we, we didn't do very many questions, uh, but you can go to the general forums, look for the Ask G-Man video questions. Um, I will definitely do some more questions next week um, since I recorded it yesterday. Uh, so there will be some, some questions answered. And on Twitter, you can do Ask G-Man. I answered those questions yesterday, next week. So just keep asking your questions. There is a Facebook page for this. So um, it, it, it kind of gives me an idea. I mean, you know, let me know. I know not all of you liked Facebook. If you have a Facebook page, look up the, the podcast, the Invincibly Supermassive Comic Book Podcast stuff. Give it a like. Let me know what you think. I usually put teasers there, like, you know, let people know who the next guest is going to be, you know, a little bit ahead of time and stuff like that. Um, if you listen to this on, on iTunes, Give it a review or just click on you know, what you think of it. L- let me know. Uh, you know if, if you're not liking this, maybe we'll just stop it. 
or we'll keep doing it. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something else. We'll do multiple ones. So thanks again. Um, and yeah, I will talk to you guys. I will not be on this Friday's podcast. So um, definitely check it out to see what, what happens and hopefully everything works and there is a podcast because I'm, I'm going to be curious to see how it goes. All right. Thanks. I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. So, so my question, my is, question is, who could it be? We don't, we don't know. And I would like to ask you which comic book does affect you most emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. That's the question. question. I'll shake your head. I love Alan Davis. This is a John Byrne issue. I love Alan Davis. I, 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 I wasn't a fan of this. That's the question. You can't blame the immediate creative team. I give this a two. I give this a two. <laughs>